Welcome to The Wonder, exploring perspectives, rituals, and observances of modern naturalistic, earth-revering, pagan religious paths. Here are your hosts, Yucca and Mark. Welcome back to The Wonder, science-based paganism. I'm one of your hosts, Yucca. And I'm the other one, Mark. And today we have another holiday episode. So welcome to the next spring holiday for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere. Yeah, and of course, we're going to talk about all the different things we might call that holiday. But uh, this this episode will drop on May Day, which is May 1st, and is kind of the traditional day for celebrating this. As always, we view these holidays as more of like kind of a week window, <laughs> you know, seven days, give or take. So if you have to do it on a Sunday or on a Saturday, that's all fine. Don't yep. have to be super, super precise about it. Right. There's no, you know, cosmic being with a clipboard keeping track of how on time you were. So, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, let's talk about names. So May Day, Beltane is another very common name for mm -hmm. it. Which is a Scottish derivation of what was originally an Irish language word, which is Beltana. Which is the month of May, I believe. Yes, it's the yeah, month it's of just, May. Yeah. So it's the beginning of the celebration of going into into May. What do you call it, Mark? Well, I call it May Day, unless you're talking about in the summer in the Southern Hemisphere, in which case calling a day in November May Day is probably counterintuitive. <laughs> so what I call it then instead is, oh, I think it was Summertide. I think that was it. Summertide. Okay, so you yeah. live in the Northern Hemisphere, but if you were in the Southern Hemisphere, that's the name that that sounds that like it I would, would work to you. That I yeah. would use, yeah, because obviously it's pretty weird to call something in November May Day. <laughs> uh, I have. And the reason that I do that is that I try to avoid all of the cultural names for the holidays. And the reason for that is that when crafting atheopaganism, I deliberately wanted it not to be rooted in any particular cultural tradition. Mm -hmm. I wanted it to be something that was modern and belongs to everybody who chooses to practice it and that didn't have any cultural appropriation in it. Right. So that's, and of that's course, why I went that way. There are plenty of folks who are atheopagan who do have a really strong tie to a particular culture Yes. And do then apply some of the traditional names from their culture to that. But when you were creating it, you didn't have that tie, right? And you wanted to make it so that it was that it was welcome to everybody, right? That you didn't right. And well, and and you need to bear in mind that when I was creating it, I was only creating it for myself. Yeah. It, it the the whole idea that this was going to turn into a movement was really a surprise to me. <laughs> And I don't have a strong feeling of cultural derivation from anywhere. My antecedents came here 400 years ago, and any Englishness that they had has long since been lost. So I just feel like an American settler who doesn't have a claim to being indigenous to this land, mm -hmm. but has a primary relationship with this land anyway. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to use words like 
built in and silent and those kinds of words because they're derived from other places that I didn't have a, a connection with. Right. So I call it May Day. Mm -hmm. And then there are the the variations of Beltane or Bealtaine. Are there any other names that you're familiar with? We use Second Spring. Yeah, but I haven't. It's not like some of the other holidays that have, you know, fifteen different names. Usually, I just hear either May Day or Beltane. Those are the ones that are pretty common, and I'll end up using those. I'm not a particularly verbal person. Right. So I don't really associate the holidays in a strong way with a name that I will mm. use names to communicate with other people. But when I'm thinking about it inside of me, I don't think in words. Mm -hmm. So it, it isn't it doesn't have that, which is funny because I talk and I write for a living. But but inside it's it none of it is attached to words. It's attached to feelings and to smells and experiences it's a it's a very different ex mm. interior experience and it's but it's really about it's it's spring is what it really is for me right uh -huh. there's different we split the year up into eight seasons in my family instead of four seasons it's really more like well there's different ways there's also we also split it into two seasons right there's summer and winter. There's the, mm -hmm. the, the hot and light side of the year and the cold and the dark side of the year. And then there's the official four seasons of the calendar, but those don't really match with what's happening in our environment. Mm -hmm. But the eight seem to work a little bit better. And this is sort of the, the midpoint of the second spring, which really is more like the spring that that most people would picture for a spring, the spring mm -hmm. where you have warm days, but little bits of chilly nights and the flowers are coming back and the there's insects. The hummingbirds have just arrived back, right? So uh -huh. it feels very spring now for us. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I, when it comes to, to seasons, I mean, there, we have something similar here. We have the gold time and the green time. Mm -hmm. From about July through December is the golden time when all of the hills turn gold because all of the grasses have gone to seed and died off. Mm -hmm. And then when the rains come in the winter, everything turns emerald green and it stays that way until about June. How beautiful. So, mm. so there's the golden time and the green time. That's one way of dividing the year. And then there's the dark side, dark half and the light half which aren't, they're sort of offset from the gold time and the, the green time. When it comes to four seasons, I really prefer the way that they count them in Ireland, mm -hmm. which is that this holiday is the beginning of summer mm -hmm. rather than being the middle of spring, which is how it's figured in the official calendar of the United States. Mm -hmm. And the main reason for that is that there's all this wonderful early music about May and, and the beginning of summer, because that apparently is how it was calculated back in the 16th right. century and earlier. And well, I just love singing that stuff. And that's what works for that climate too. 
Yes. Right. For he here, it really doesn't make sense to say it's the beginning of summer because it's still freezing at night. Right. Right. Well, um, and and for you, I mean, summer is something that's unimaginable in Ireland. It's, <laughs> it's so much hotter and so much drier than anyone who's never left Ireland has ever seen. <laughs> Yes, I mean we it, we're not too bad in terms of the heat, but compared to what what they experience, it's a completely it might as well be a different planet, mm -hmm. right? Just in mm -hmm. terms of how different climates are. So all of this goes to one of the principles. Well, no, I won't say principles because we've got official thirteen principles. <laughs> blah blah blah. One of the ideas, concepts, that, yeah. One of the concepts that that we have in atheopaganism, which is adapting your own wheel of the year. I mean, you're you're hearing from just me and Yucca, and th those are two of, you know, millions of possible different ways of parsing the year depending on where you live and what's happening in the natural world. Mm -hmm. So, and which things are important to you. Right. right. Which of those things do you focus on and which things don't matter as much? Exactly. Exactly so. And so really encourage listeners, you know, if you're in the process of organizing your practice and kind of figuring out how you want to do what you're doing, you know, be thinking about that for yourself. You you can decide for yourself when you think spring starts and when you think summer starts. You can decide what to call the holidays. And um, you can change. Yes. If you, keep, if you did something, you came up with, you painted this beautiful wheel and you put these labels on it. And now a few years later, you're going, mm, that doesn't really match with what I'm experiencing now or what I'm valuing. You can change. Yes. Right. That's, that's what post-its are for. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, you know, just to put it, put in a word for people doing their DIY spiritual practice, mm -hmm. you know, that is something that's really important in, in atheopaganism and naturalistic paganism. Generally, you know, we're not doing this to appease any invisible creatures. We're not doing this to be in conformity with some invisible forces. We're doing this for our own well-being and our own happiness and our own celebration and our own wisdom and learning, right? So that's a thing you can do and really encourage you to, to take that up. What are some other themes that we might talk about for this time of year? Well, this time of year often has is a celebration of sexuality, mm -hmm. right? The young adult, the sexuality, that, that kind of beautiful fertility, all of that stuff is, is often a theme that people look at for this time of year. Right, right. There's that old that old poem, hooray, hooray, the first of May, outdoor sex begins today, <laughs> yes. which of course goes back to the old tradition of going a maying mm -hmm. because it's finally warm enough that you're not going to freeze to death yeah. <laughs> in the forests of Europe. So this was sort of a loophole practice where young couples could go into the woods ostensibly to be collecting flowers, right? Mm -hmm. But the reality was that they were being unchaperoned, and so it was giving them some private time to themselves. Mm -hmm. One story that I've heard, I don't know how true it is, but there's a story that children that were born of May Day couplings 
were named Greenwood or Green, mm -hmm. which I don't know whether it's true or not, but my name is Green. It's an interesting story, so I like it. Yeah, I've heard that story as well, actually. Yeah, maybe that's why there's so many greens in the world. Could very well be, because we're not all related with one another by any means. There are all these independent, freestanding branches of greens out there. Mm -hmm. I've always liked color names. find it very fun. But there's some that you don't see. That I've never seen purple as a last name, for instance. But white, I've seen brown, green... Yeah, gray. Violet as a as a first first name. name. Yeah, it's the flower I think rather than the color. Mm -hmm. I've known some indigos okay, as first cool. names as well, and some indies, but I'm not sure if those are Henrys or if those are were indigos. But yeah, never known a yellow. I've never known anybody who was named yellow either first or last name. I don't think I have either. Yeah. Hmm. And of course, you have William of Orange and, you know, all those folks. Yeah, but I like color names. I love tree names, flower names. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Star yeah. names as well. Yeah, I, I, I like all those natural world names. They, they, they seem, they seem better connected to me somehow. <laughs> yeah. So themes, yes, sexuality is a big one for this time of year. And it's funny, a member of our community was saying that he was doing Google searches on, on Beltane. And he said that all the results that were coming up with were how to celebrate Beltane or May Day without sex. <laughs> yeah. Um, this sort of overreaction of, you know, and, and I think that some of that is because of the rise of consent culture mm -hmm. that, you know, that we want to have comfortable environments where nobody feels pressured to do anything mm -hmm. and everything is all, you know, oriented around consent, which of course is what we want. Right. But that's various ages. Right. Right. Because that might not be something that you'd be comfortable bringing your preteen to or your you know, seven-year-old or something. Right, exactly. You've got families that are, you know, that still want to celebrate the holiday and, you know, can maybe incorporate other, you know, sort of quasi-sexual themes like fertility, right? Like mm -hmm. planting vegetables or, you know, whatever it is. Or flowers, right? Planting flowers. Flowers you know. are the reproductive organs for these other beings right yeah. explaining how flowers work mm -hmm. why why flowers exist mm -hmm. because in the natural world right now at least in the northern hemisphere in most places it's an orgy going on out there you've got you know all of these these plants waving their sexy parts at one another and bees busily start you know running around all the pollinators running around mm -hmm. And there's just clouds of pollen. I don't know if this happens where you are, but we'll just yes. see these golden clouds going by. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I don't have any allergies, so it doesn't bother me. But I know it makes some people miserable. Yeah, I'm I'm in I'm the same way. I don't have allergies either, but particularly when the acacia here in February and then when the oak trees start to bloom mm. in May, there we are have... people here who are just miserable. Yeah, for us, it's the junipers and then chamisa, which I think in other areas is called rabbit bush. It's this beautiful oh, bush that yeah. we have with the golden flowers. Those are uh -huh. the ones that are the worst 
And there isn't really any time of year that in the spring, summer, or fall in which there isn't some sort of pollen. So it can be kind of a miserable experience for folks who have strong allergies. A lot of people will just be allergic to one particular thing and then the other ones don't bug them. Right. But, so if you are going out to have outdoor sex, first of all, make sure you have privacy. Secondly, mm -hmm. take your antihistamine. And maybe something uh, a, like a picnic blanket or something like that. Yeah, because there's all kinds of stickers and bugs and mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yep. So that's one of the major themes of this time of year. And as you mentioned, as I reckon the wheel of the year, one of the aspects is the the developing arc of a human life. Mm -hmm. And so this station on the wheel of the year is that of young adulthood. You know, the the late teens, early 20s, all that sort of passion and juice and fearlessness and cluelessness and, and horniness, right? Mm -hmm. All of those are, you know, things that are right in there with that population of people. And so all of those kind of passionate, creative, colorful, excited kinds of qualities become things that we can fold into our rituals and our celebrations. That's a fun time of year. It is. Yeah, it is. It's a great time of year. What else? What are some other themes? I know that you have different sort of families of creatures that you mm -hmm. recognize. What is the one for this time of year? This is actually the annual plants and the uh. early succession beings so this really is the you know the flowers and the grasses and the you know the things that we think of as weedy species that are coming in when there's been some sort of disturbance that are coming to cover up that bare ground and grow as quick as it can the dandelions all of those sorts of things and that a lot has to do with what's happening in the environment around me this is when the annuals are that this is when they're starting to grow. This mm -hmm. is also when planting is beginning, right? Mm -hmm. So for annual gardens, it's still, we really shouldn't be putting our annuals out for another week or two because we'll still get a frost or so. But, you know, this is when the leafy greens can be out. This is when you've got the stuff indoors that, you know, should be our tomatoes are, you know, two feet tall waiting to go out, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> so that's, that's the, the big theme for us. And then of course, it's also, there's just, you can finally be all the way out, mm -hmm. right? In the, in the earlier spring, you could start getting out, but there'd be days where you couldn't work outside. Now the wind has died down. We can eat lunch out. We can eat our meals outside every day. It's the back it's the back outside. It's the, so I guess that is kind of the summer's beginning part for us, even though it's not really summer, but it's the, that part of the year that's the outside part of the year has really begun. Yeah. And I think that in the historical stuff, that's a lot of what it is. It's like, okay, it's finally okay to go outside again. The weather has eased enough. And I mean, you know, you look at Northern Europe and they're definitely still getting freezes at this time of year, but the problem wasn't so much the freezing as it was the snowing or the wetness. You know, that, yeah. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I, I think that that whole idea of returning to the outdoors is really kind of bound up in this holiday. Mm -hmm. We. Oh, and all the baby animals are here. Right. Right. 
Right. Um, you know, the, the baby animals in terms of the wild ones, but also, you know, the, the calves have been born, the lambs have been born, the little chicks are here, you know, all yep. of that. They're, the they're all here. And the piglets and all of them. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's definitely, you know, a time of year when, you know, this whole reproductive thing is really kind of up. So, so that whole creativity fertility thing becomes something you can really fold into your practices and rituals because I mean, there's lots of ways to do that, right? It doesn't have to only be like physical reproduction. It can be all kinds of creative endeavors that, that bear some kind of fruit, whether it's throwing a pot or painting a canvas or writing a book or, you know, planting a garden, whatever that is, it's still something that feels like a fertile expression. Yeah. I, th I really appreciate you bringing that up because fertility doesn't just have to be a physical, literally re reproducing thing. That no. It's an idea that is, is much broader than that. Now that's right. a component of it. Although funnily enough, this is not the human reproduct our this is not our season, right? Humans can be born any time of year, but humans tend to be born in the late summer, early fall for whatever climate right. they're in. Right. That Which just makes sense because that's when all the food is available. Right. Well, and backtrack to what was happening, what time of year was it when the baby was conceived? You didn't have much else to be doing at the time. That's right. <laughs> right. So it makes sense biologically, but it, that's not, it's just very interesting that it, our reproductive cycle isn't matching up with what we see with so much of the rest of nature. Right. Right. Well, and I mean, that gets you into the whole you know, the mystery of menstruation versus a heat cycle. And, you know, those are so different. And why are they different? And, you know, there's a lot of unanswered questions evolutionarily right. about why humans are the particular way they are. Mm -hmm. But we don't have answers to them. So we have yeah. conjectures, but yeah. that's about it. Just pretty interesting ones, right? Yeah. It, and that a lot of that probably has to do with there being so little dimorphism between the sexes mm -hmm. compared to other other apes and other primates in general mm -hmm. so it's a fascinating field yeah. yeah yeah that was your tangent for today we hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> yes <laughs> but why don't we talk about some of the rituals and practices that we have or ones that we've heard that are quite common and kind of give some inspiration for the folks listening sure well, first and foremost, the most famous one, of course, is the maypole. Mm -hmm. And the maypole is a big phallic pole stuck in the ground with ribbons depending down from the top of it. Usually there's some kind of a crown full of flowers that's put over the top mm -hmm. that has the ribbons flowing down. And then there's a dance that you do around the maypole, which weaves the ribbons around on the pole. And it's it's really fun to do. It's a very joyous activity, and it results in this very beautiful creation on the on the pole. I've danced a lot of maypoles in my time, and it doesn't get old. It really, it's just it's it's like a spiral dance at at Hallows. It's just one of those things that's really a beautiful old European tradition that is just it's a keeper. It's it's one I really like. Yeah. 
we were laughing before, right before hitting play, because it's saying that we haven't done one of those in my family. And I was imagining what would happen where I think my oldest would be able to do it, but my youngest would think it would be so funny to run the other way and just tie everybody to the pole the way dogs tie, you know, like will run around a pole on the leash and, you know, tie their human up. I'm positive that that's what would happen just uh. instantly. So we don't do a pole, but we do take colorful ribbons and tie them into a tree that we have and we see those ribbons blowing in the wind and fluttering around and it's it's really very beautiful and it's exciting too to go and tie them and probably some of them are getting snatched by the birds too to incorporate into their nests uh-huh uh-huh so. yeah that is very consistent with an old irish tradition which is the may bush <laughs> in which ribbons are tied into a bush and there are there's there's a wish or something that goes with it. I, I I don't remember the specific details. It's a lot of the the lore there is fairy lore, so it may have something to do with appeasing fairies or something like that. But it's it's an old tradition that I know some people are still practicing. Mm -hmm. We, my partner Nemea and I, have done hanging of ribbons in trees before when we haven't had a maypole celebration or even when we do because we have these ribbon things that we can hang in trees last year the northern california affinity group for atheopaganism which calls itself the live oak circle we had a, a maypole without the pole okay um, we had a, a ring of metal which was actually from a mason jar and then we tied our ribbons onto that with a wish for the year and then holding our ribbons we danced around in a circle so it was like you know the oh, ribbons cool. became spokes on a wheel that yeah. sounds beautiful yeah it was fun it was really a fun thing and i still have the thing with the ribbons on it it's on my focus right now and we are meeting tomorrow actually to do a real maypole mm -hmm. the uh couple of members of the the group got a pole and a stand for it and all the ribbons and everything so we'll be doing an actual maypole tomorrow and i'm excited about that now i'm remembering something did you have a story about a pvc pipe as a maypole oh yes that was a problem <laughs> that one didn't work out so <laughs> no it, it was the the maypole was constructed of one of those heavy cast iron umbrella stands mm -hmm. outdoor umbrella stands so that was the stand for it and then the pole itself was pvc pipe with a with a wire assembly crown at the top which had the the ribbons coming from it and the problem was that the tension as people were dancing around and weaving it around the tension was stronger on one side of the pole than on the other and so the whole pole began to bend uh -oh, over okay. and i ended up having to kind of stand there and hold the thing upright while people were continuing to dance around it in order for it to work properly but the next year the the same person that had brought that maypole had gotten rebar to put inside the pvc okay. so i didn't do that anymore all right but you know, one of the things that's challenging uh, about a maypole is not everybody has a place to store an eight foot 
or 10 or, foot or greater yeah yeah you know telephone pole sized pole mm-hmm. and so these you know using these heavy bases so that the thing doesn't topple over and then some kind of a rigid i either wood if you can get a big enough dowel like a four inch diameter dowel or five inch diameter dowel or even pvc will work but you gotta put something really solid inside it so it doesn't bend around yeah and it's still fun to dance around i wonder if you know those basketball hoops that you fill the base up with water yeah, that's that a would great be idea. one, right? You just take the the hoop off. That might be something. I mean, that's, that's still a... kind of big to to store, but it's easier to store that. That you can well, just cut, leave outside under a tarp or something. Well, yeah, or you put the basketball hoop back on it and shoot basketball. That too, right? Um, yeah. So it, you know, it could be a multi-use kind of thing. A little outdoor exercise, and and then your maypole in the spring. That's a great idea. Yeah. I mean, it's going to depend on where you are, but, you know. uh And I wrote a blog post a long time ago called What's Up With That Maypole Thing or something Mm -hmm. like that. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. It explains everything you need to know about how to do a maypole ceremony and how the dance works and all that kind of stuff. And trust me, as someone who is for whatever reason, whether it's actually a brain development thing or whether it's a psychological thing, incapable of learning dance steps, (laughs) you can still do this one. All you have to do is just walk and raise the ribbon and then lower the ribbon and raise the ribbon and lower the ribbon. It's it's really easy to do. Mm, That's good to hear because I'm terrible at beats and (laughs) remembering dance moves and all of that. Okay, well, and what about some non-maypole traditions? I know there's giving flowers, baskets of gifts and flowers. Mm -hmm. Even just little posies, little bouquets, Mm -hmm. leaving them on the doorstep of your neighbors is a thing that that is an an old tradition. Gathering dew on May morning. and I've heard rumor of such a thing have you yes do i hear it's moisture or something in the oh, air oh yes well <laughs> yeah you 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 don't have do very well <laughs> no, we... what you have is very thirsty soil that will suck up any <laughs> moisture i'm sorry um, continue yes but anyway you know if you're in a place that does have morning dew then you can gather that and wash your face with it and it's supposed to re- pre- preserve beauty and keep you from aging or something like that i'm not sure (laughs) but it's supposed to be a nice thing to do Mm -hmm. and it's traditional for morris dancers in england to dance the sun up on may morning Mm. so i on monday i'm actually going at 5 30 in the morning for our local morris team to watch them dance up the sun nice which is so that may be when many of you are listening right now Mark is maybe dancing up the sun right now. It could be. No, I'm not dancing. I'm observing. You're, oh, excuse me. <laughs> I, 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 I tried learning how to Morris dance, and I was as bad at that as I was at waltzing. <laughs> so just didn't work. So those are all, and, and actually that's a really wonderful thing because you've got you know people with the horns and they're clacking them together or sticks or swords or whatever it is, and it all seems very old 
like an old, old tradition. What else? Paper flowers. That's one Paper that we flowers. do, right? And we put things in our windows because we have a lot of birds around here. And so we put like kind of sticker things. And so in the winter, we have paper snowflakes that the kids make. And we will be trading those out for paper flowers. And that's just so that the birds don't fly in because they have a, a I'm sure this happens everywhere, but they have a really hard time seeing the windows. Yeah. So we put little things into the window so that they know, hey, this is not an open door. You can't fly through it and, you know smack yourself so but paper flowers are just a lot of fun for that and all around the house and that's another great thing to give to neighbors too is mm -hmm. make some cute little paper flowers and some people do really elaborate you know make roses and things like that we just cut out petals and blue stick them together and uh -huh. you know make our pretty you know rainbow flower and this is our all pink flower and our all blue flower and how does that flower have polka dots? But it does. <laughs> so, yeah. So, generally speaking, flowers, ribbons, and expressions of love. Yeah. You just you, you can't go wrong this time of year with those three things. Yeah. You know? And seeds. Seeds. seeds too. Yeah. 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 That's true. So, it's just a fun fun time of year. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoy it. Yeah, so I'm excited actually to have a couple of things to do this year. Last year, there really wasn't much to do. The community that I used to do a Beltane ceremony with, well, a whole weekend celebration is kind of having some problems right now. So I'm I'm staying away. Mm. What else will we? I think that may be about it. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure we'll think of some things as soon as we hit stop but right of course <laughs> as always but yeah really encourage you to get out of the house and away from the screens at this time of year you know go see some nature go you know smell some flowers there's a lot going on that's really lovely right now and you know i and i hope that you'll have uh, ample chance to enjoy it because like everything, it goes away, and then a new cycle has come, and there's new stuff to enjoy, but it's not the same. Yeah. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us. We hope you have a wonderful May Day, Beltane, Second Spring, Summertide, whatever you call it, and we'll see you next week. Yeah. Thanks so much, everybody, and thank you, Yucca.